Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So I know you just went on a long rant about how video games have been sucking your life away. But since since I've been stuck inside and trying to get things primed with failure, I'm like, I need something else to do at the same time as painting minis. So I've gone deep. You don't want to do video games, is what you're saying. (laughs) Because they're too good, just like you said. Yep. Anyways, we don't need to repeat the discussion of how sometimes the best thing you like might not be the best for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually the second best thing I like, but I can't play play miniature games right now. So you're gonna say you should stop smoking crack. Yeah, yeah. you stop smoking crack would be more more relevant. Mm -hmm. But on the note of plastic crack, uh huh, it uh, as just to have something to do other than just painting miniatures. Started mm-hmm. building more fantasy buildings. So I went to mm-hmm. a hardware store and gathered many things for yeah. constructing that because I've realized I have very little fantasy terrain in our group that plays Frostgrave has an okay collection of terrain, but it's not quite what it could be. So <laughs> It can always be better. <laughs> oh, yes, it can. Yeah, so our topic today is like, now we're, we're thinking about this. You have a bunch of time uh, to work on this. Um, so we thought maybe yeah, we should go through uh, the essential terrain uh, for your table and what you want to actually collect so you can play the best kind of, like have the most amazing battlefields. Yeah, because you want to be pretty realistic. That's what makes it, makes it fun. You want to feel like you can yeah. make any battlefield out there. You're like, oh, we're sieging this thing. Yeah. We're going to have like all the, everything we need to build this. Like you're, yeah. What's in your head of how the mission's yeah. playing? So, so you could say like there's a lot of things going into what is the essential terrain to make your, your, your table awesome, right? Because it, yeah. it's not just having a beautiful table, right? But, but it is partially to have a beautiful table. But it's yes. also what is the uh, best... What can create the battlefield? What creates the battlefield yeah. that like, you have in your the mind? The most versatile. Well, oh, it's not just what you... Yeah, you're right. So the battlefield you have in your mind, so how it interacts with the rules, and then also what's the most versatile so that you can play any battlefield that your game comes up with. It's not just stuck with one mission, right? Yeah. Or one place. You're not always fighting over the town square, right? How do you exactly. have... Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about uh, what your thoughts are. So the first part that I think about is what games you're playing. Like, are you playing Warhammer 40k Infinity? Like, are you in the sci-fi universe? Mm-hmm. Or are you playing, like, Dust Tactics or some zombie games where you're in the modern? Or are you going and you're playing, like, War Machine? Are you playing, like, fantasy games where you've got fantasy-setting terrain? Because usually people play one of those more than the others. Uh-huh. And if you play all of them, God help you in trying to collect all that terrain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Not, not that I'm not working my way towards it, but yeah, kind like of, I, have of, yeah. Well, yeah. I have tons of sci-fi terrain for Infinity because we play so many Infinity tournaments, and like I really like the idea of having terrain that matches my armies. So I've gone and built two like fairly heavy terrain dense sci-fi tables. Yep. And but you though have more of the fantasy terrain, which when That's we go right, and play yeah. Frostgrave and Rangers of Shadow Deep. And like other try other fantasy rules, uh-huh. it's great that you have that. 
but like I don't have any of that, which is why I've started trying to embark on creating that. But the whole question comes down to like, what's all the stuff you should try and build? I'll kind of yep. ignore modern because modern is just weird to try and like, recreate reality. It's like, I, it's like so to me, when I say when I think of modern, I don't want to have. You're right. I, I'm not that into modern, but I do like world the idea of World War II. So this is like, you could say it's pre-modern. I don't know what you want to call it. But like the 50s era kind of, or, or between the 19, like 20s, industrial, kind of like industrial, post-industrial revolution to the 1950s, that kind of era has mm-hmm. like a, an interesting look. And like you said, um, you can play modern stuff in with those kind of that kind of terrain because you know those buildings are not that old and depending on the area that you live in uh you will have they might still be around especially if you're playing a zombie game or something you can just set it in a setting where they all have 1950s era buildings right ancient like not ancient but like historical whatever kind of buildings as opposed to playing it in you know a modern city right uh and to be fair, at the same time, uh, you mentioned one of uh, your sci-fi terrain. Depending on how you set up your terrain and how you have your um, scatter terrain, you can actually have a fairly um, like a modern city that also can double as a sci-fi city. Yes, like right? the buildings might be the same, but you might have to have some decorations around that differentiate yeah. between modern and future. So yeah, you could double yeah. up. On your side yeah, and I think I think actually you kind of do. One of your tables is more of a. It actually uses a bunch of World War II era terrain and mixes it with some more modern, not even modern, like I don't know what you would call it, like some more modern aesthetics, and then, and because of adding those two things together, like you have. A, a, like one of your tables is actually kind of modern is what i'm saying like yeah it's built out of the walls that come with the dust tactics so they are sort of like the the early 1900s style buildings yeah but they're they're cleaned up to the fact that they look like they're relatively new mm-hmm. not like things like that aren't built today either so it can it's just yeah. simply not war torn is what it is yeah but, and so i think that you know, there's a lot of ways where you can get away with modern while, while, or you can get away with sci-fi modern and, and blend it depending, right? Of course, if you do like war-torn apocalyptic future, uh, that is a thing all of its own <laughs> usually, right? Like 40K terrain doesn't generally mix with any other kind of setting besides another post-apocalyptic war-torn future. Yeah, that's quite true. In, yeah, I'm trying to think of other sci-fi games that would play on like the, the destroyed industrial areas, but you don't have to make everything destroyed. You can have your industrial <laughs> area and play in other sci-fi settings. It's just yep. simply that all the terrain they release gives that aesthetic of it's been fought over for a millennia. Yeah, I guess that's the setting, right? That's the way that they've kind of tried to play it as opposed to apocalyptic it's not i don't know if you call it it's kind of post-apocalyptic like everything is their their tagline is like in the was it in the galaxy of the 41st millennium there is only war 
thought, thought in the grim darkness of the future there is only oh war. yes you're right yeah sorry in the yeah. grim darkness of the future there's only war so that's the kind of setting you want so i guess what we're saying basically is that the um the three main categories would be like your sci-fi your fantasy modern and then 40k is off playing by itself <laughs> Well, in a post-apocalyptic future, is a, just by virtue of how popular it is, it, it should be another setting, right? But you do have to, when you're thinking about it sitting down your table, you think about the kind of games you're playing, right? And what is the setting that you want to have your table in, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, you need to have that before you even start thinking about what you're actually putting on the table, what is what it's going to look like, and all those kind of things has to follow from the setting. Yep. So from those three categories, I think there's some like basic types of terrain that fit into all of them. Didn't we say four now? No, the post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalypticus. <laughs> Just be, you no. know that it's like literally the biggest game in the gaming space. So I think we should allow it, it to be the fourth. Doesn't... It should be the four, the four settings. You have fantasy, right? Medieval fantasy. Actually medieval. Then you have... Um, modern world war ii modern then you have future then you have warhammer 40,000. those are the four settings yeah yeah i can't think of what else plays in that setting <laughs> i'm trying but i can't maybe it's only because it's the biggest game and it's you know yeah. gothic war-torn future is is kind of not exactly its own thing there's a lot of other post-apocalyptic future stuff but it's definitely mm -hmm. has it's the the standard bearer for that aesthetic like there's scale for all, like there's different scales for all types of games, which obviously you've got to build the terrain to that. But I don't think that really influences too much about what you're going to, to build. It does a little, but we can get back to that. I think it does affect everything. Like like we talked about, mm -hmm. the 40k setting. It's you're you you want things to be more destroyed, and that generally makes things easier later on, right? And it cuts out a lot of of things you have to think about in the future and when we go more into the, your, your terrain and what makes it ideal um yeah because you're like having everything destroyed means you can kind of be a little bit sloppy when you make oh, it yeah it comes it doesn't come down to what you build i think but it comes down to how you build it that's destroyed yeah i yeah i guess you could say like that's a modifier on the three other things but i think that i think it, it should be its own thing my opinion yeah no, i think you're right that it doesn't it's just not gonna your two types of future terrain are destroyed so you've got your future utopia your future dystopia direction yeah basically for your sci-fi yep okay all right i guess we could divide that into two categories but from writing this down it almost seems like there's a table that's then created by this because there's certain types of like scenery elements you want to uh -huh. create within that setting Okay. And I think the most obvious thing you're going to build first probably is your buildings. Uh-huh. Your giant very, structures. Yeah. They're the biggest, some of the biggest things on the board. Yeah. And they really do vary by the setting that you're going for. Yep. I think that's true. Like your, your yeah. medieval buildings obviously are just going to be like stone bricks, possibly like parched wood. over. Stone bricks or wood. Yep. All right. And plaster. Yep. So all that goes into the aesthetic, which makes it a fair bit easier if you're going to build the buildings yourself. Uh-huh. Because all those, all those types of materials are fairly, like, natural looking. 
uh-huh. so you can get away with like the more natural look of like made at home terrain. I was yeah, thinking a whole bunch of yeah. It's not as what do you call it to the millimeter designed as more modern buildings and everything, right? Yes. Because literally at the time, their measuring tools were not as good, so their buildings will not be <laughs> as 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 refined, and they did they weren't like manufactured out of uh, you know like a design to spec where you have a hundred of the same thing, right? They literally were put up one at a time, right? Yeah. If you if you had a tree that like had a certain size to it or a certain arch to it you're like all right this is just how we're going to build this out of like the size of trees we have around yeah it wasn't it was more about the materials they had and less about like having yeah, a design what they could do. And creating yeah it. Mm-hmm. so and you get to i guess we'll go through the ages like modern modern is just what we see around us but building buildings for that i find becomes more difficult because you have more of an expectation of reality because you live in it yeah, that's right. So I find making those by by yourself gets me more difficult. And also the, like the, MD, the MDF stuff they have out there, I find is kind of unsatisfying because it's all just flat. Whereas if you've got a brick building, it's going to look like it's got bricks on it uh-huh. and just all the other more natural materials like glass. So you're saying modern terrain is actually the hardest to do because you have the most expectation of how it looks like, but it also has to be refined and you know, like actually looks designed, right? You can't have the worn uh, imperfections in it because yeah, modern buildings be are not, together. right? Yeah. No, they're not cobbled together. So I think for doing those, I went the route for my moderns of just buying like the pre-made walls, mm-hmm. which I think Mantic also sells some clipped together ones, which I wouldn't want yeah. clips showing, but Mantic sells like they're all red colored. But they've uh-huh. got things that clip together, which maybe you work with those. Yeah. Yeah. And you might glue them together as well to do. Yeah, exactly. Or going and buying textured plastic art to get like uh-huh. pre-made bricks, concrete blocks, things like that. Yeah. And, like and you also have, when doing modern, you have a huge resource in terms of um, like scale model builders will generally, you know, like train, train makers will generally do buildings, right? So there's actually yes. a huge resource in uh in this what do you call it the sister hobby to wargaming where you can learn a lot about how to make to scale uh modern buildings a lot of different resources you can use to borrow and 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 learn from yeah but the the the, i guess the modern model makers aren't usually like slapping their stuff together over to styrofoam they're they're usually putting quite a bit of like thought and design planning yeah like oftentimes you know you're you're building one kind of scenery setting right one table so they might put in the same amount of time you put into like your entire army with one building (laughs) yes so there is definitely some sort of time and effort kind of thing going there yeah so so those buildings, I think, yeah, modern is more difficult. When you get to sci-fi, I think you've got more of an artistic license for what you're building, but you're expecting mm-hmm. like less bricks and more smooth surfaces. So as I yeah. mentioned before about the MDF being out there for modern stuff, but I'm not, I don't really like it. Once you get to sci-fi, like having a smooth building, I think becomes mm-hmm. a bit more acceptable. Yeah, that's right. So the MDF comes in as an option. As far as like pre-made buildings... 
there's some hard foam out there, but not too, too much. Like uh-huh. bringing it back, once I bring up the hard foam, like having a pre-made building is really convenient because the buildings are some of the most complicated elements on the board. Uh-huh. So whenever you can get a pre-made building, it's kind of nice. Obviously, the nicer it gets, the cost keeps going up. Yeah. But bringing it back to like fantasy, Cytirides has some rather nice like hard, yeah, it's hard foam terrain. Uh-huh. So there's that route to go if you want like pre-made stuff. And as well, like MicroArt Studio has some sci-fi stuff. It's mm-hmm. hard foam. I think actually there's been some pretty good uh, MDF building makers out there uh, that have found ways to make it like your terrain interesting, like for science fiction, like you said, because of flat panels, generally it's layering on like every wall is made up from more than one MDF panel, right? So that you have some one layer of sheet. Yeah. Yeah. So you have more layers and more interesting patterns while still having, you know, the flat aesthetic is fine because like you said, it's sci-fi, right? Yeah. It's not just about having lines coming to the MDF. It's about like layers of things being built onto the MDF. Yeah. And and, like, you can find them on the internet. I feel like we should look this up uh, for the names. The Zen terrain makes some really nice stuff. Yeah, Zen Terrain. And there was the one in, from Australia. Scale model. Model. <laughs> I forget. It's like a really nice... They make a lot of, of sets and they don't just make uh, buildings. Like they make buildings, but you can also get like gribbly bits for your buildings to like turn your square building into a really fancy looking, you know, nice building by adding in like gribbly windows, like sci-fi windows or, or air ducts or things ducks, like that. Yeah. 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 And if you're in the States, obviously Warsenal makes a big range of it. Yeah. They have some very nice buildings. Oh, they have this like beautiful, what is it like space hab kind of buildings that they, they're supposed to be, uh, it looks like a prefab space station buildings like you like settlers just landed on an alien world kind of thing and set up a prefab buildings science fiction buildings they're so nice looking and they like they're collapsible the the only problem like they're collapsible and re like you know reconfigurable and the only problem is that they're an arm and a leg Mm -hmm. but they're like they're really nice yes i think they really brought their like design for mdf terrain like to the pinnacle and you pay for yeah, it. Because <laughs> you, yeah, you can airbrush sci-fi train and it'll look good. It's all super clean lines and all that. Whereas and just they, use, airbrushing. they use also plastic and clear plastic where needed mm-hmm. to just make everything really pop. It's beautiful. Yeah, they have cut acrylic pieces that fit in, which gives them the sci-fi feel of having like acrylic elements in it. Yeah. This micro art studio does as well, but they don't do the same, like, it's not the same level of sophistication. Yeah, and they have like a glass panel, glass, well, it's supposed to be glass panel, but it's like uh, acrylic, or I guess maybe that is how the future will be, acrylic panels, um, for an entire table side, and then you can literally magnetize it so that when you're playing, you can take off that panel when you're playing to move the guys, like it's, oh, it's so good. And the glass has etched designs in it. Yeah, it's so good. So it's really... I really wanted to get it, except like buying a full table for infinity is like a thousand dollars. I was like, eh, I'm not ready for that yet, considering I have so many other tables. So, yeah, I don't want to think about how much my micro is going to cost. Because <laughs> I, I went, I went the non-MDF route, and I want the full like hard foam 
and fully uh, modeled look with no just no MDF. It's in resin pieces all over the place. But I really like it. So yeah. that's when you start pushing that price range on tables. You don't have to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you might end up wanting to. Well, we can talk about other ways to make cheaper terrain a little bit later. Um, yeah. I guess the final so thing is 40K terrain. Oh, they, they sell lots of it. Or so you, you just, just like, literally buy a shit ton of 40K boxes and you're probably fine. Although they actually yeah. don't make terrain good enough for the rule set that they made. <laughs> well, in ninth and Because they make, giant built, they make giant vehicles and then the rule set says that you have to be like, it's a lot of it is all or nothing. So yes. if your vehicle is not uh, completely blocked, it's, it's not that useful which means yeah. that you need giant pieces of terrain that can block like a six inch tall or even more tall than that, like nine inch tall model, nine inch by six inches tall model. And they don't, I don't think they sell that much terrain that can block line of sight to that. So. Yeah, I would go, I would say MDF doesn't make very much sense for 40 K because it doesn't look right when it's destroyed. Like you're probably going more towards mm, styrofoam almost. Yeah. Because like we talked about for destroyed kind of, um, terrain, you need to have the, the destroyed parts be like irregular, right? Mm -hmm. And when you have MDF, the ability to make it look irregular doesn't make as much sense, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas you can shape it to make it look like a flat-ish like paneled over panel building, but to make the destroyed part where it's like melted or, or to have a natural I don't know Broken Looks piece. Been hit by shells and got yeah, chunks it, taken you over. have to have chunks or partially left. or partially collapsed. You want yeah. bits lying around. Can't be too cleanly. Yeah, thing. which which is why like a lot of the terrain you have to buy it. It's plastic or whatever, or like you said, uh, build it yourself with foam, and then or you can just use the MDF and cut it yourself for the destruction. But that's really hard because MDF is, although it's only medium density, it's still kind of hard to. I guess it's not super yeah, hard to battle damage. You can you can it doesn't have a do thickness. It. Yeah, it doesn't have a thickness so to it to make it look right when it falls apart. It's just it's yeah, I guess I guess. Um, all right. It's also so like you could go the industrial route with it too, just using cans and all that for your buildings, where the buildings are more just like an industrial. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, you'd definitely go through that industrial vats. All right. So I think building is the most common thing, but then after that, like for in terms of taking up space, yeah, I'd like to actually go a little bit more into um, designing your tables before we go more into the pieces on your table, because yeah. when you think about it, I, um, you why do we want to say you do buildings first? It's not, it's not, it's like you said, it it has presence on the table, right? And so when you think about it. Uh, when you're trying to build uh, an interesting table to fight over, right? You have there are certain elements you need for every table to make it work well and also to make it reusable. Like you said, you need these buildings are are if you're fighting in a, a city, they're really important because they're large blocks that shape the battlefield and change the way you move around. And I think we've we've talked about this in a previous podcast. Um, but the ability for you to um, to shape the battlefield it's it's it, it basically 
is what makes your battlefield play in a certain way. Like, can you move through this way, right? Through this, this, this pathway, or, or do you have some, some problems in the, this other way? Like yeah. that is uh, the, um, that's why the buildings should be the important part. It's like the major shaping of your build of your, your battlefield. And mm -hmm. if you're not playing in a city or you're not playing in city terrain, let's say you want to do a, uh, so, I don't know, so on the tunnel. Notice, you, so on the right? notice cities though, I think another part of cities, like terrain pieces that are part of the cities are the walls. That function oh, let's, let's, let, I, I just want to talk more about like the shaping of, of your table. Like if yeah. you're not doing a city, mm -hmm. the equivalent to that would be uh, if you're in like a, I don't know, a, a step, a steep steps area. It's like, like large a, rocky like outcroppings, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. What you're looking at is actually these large chunky shapes that again, shape your, your, your uh, battlefield, right? Where are like, do you have enough terrain to make it so that certain places like that you can create choke points that you have, you can block off certain areas where, where, the player has to react to that area, right? Has well, to move through it. They have to move around that so they can't move through. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and where does, how does it define the table, right? The movement around that table. And so yep. buildings are one, are definitely of, one, of, are one mm -hmm. of the types for the cities and they are the type for the cities. But like I said, if you're not doing a city table, let's say you're doing like a Rocky pass or whatever, it's going to be large chunks of rock. Or if you're in a forest, maybe it's going to be large forested, like maybe just giant trees, right? Like, like dense, it, densely forested like, areas that you can't see. Yeah, through. Maybe it's a Sequoia or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of thing, or like, like you said, super dense things. That's the kind of thing you have to think about. And then when you said going down to walls, right? Walls are, yeah, well, you, you can go, I feel like that is a way to fill out your terrain and, and you have your, your, your buildings or your, your big pieces that generally shape it. And then in, in the smaller piece, you might want to have walls, right, to help slightly modify these larger areas right yeah if you want to block paths like if mm -hmm. like building buildings buildings take a lot of space and obviously they're harder to build because we from everything we talked about before mm -hmm. the walls are kind of like an easy route to getting things that are like buildings on the table mm -hmm. and well they, they just don't take up that much space to store and obviously they're gonna be different for your sci-fi fantasy and modern mm -hmm. where like your sci-fi, well, your sorry, at the very beginning, your medieval uh -huh. walls are going to just be like rocky or just stone walls, uh -huh. fairly straightforward and easy to deal with. Your modern walls might be more like fences, uh -huh. which can be like either solid or maybe not solid. Yep. But just, they still force the player to move around them. Yep. And then when you go to sci-fi, like you can almost just have like glass walls. If you go the utopian or version force fields or something like that forest field walls, yeah yeah or your like side just super high tech looking walls who knows why the walls yeah. be high tech and like billboards and all sorts of stuff like that on them or you have your dystopian walls which could literally be anything just just <laughs> yes well, yeah, that, that's, that's one of the things like when you think about it like your like giant billboards on walls kind of function in the same way like when you think about walls 
they're used to modify your larger general shapes of what your battlefield is. So like, yeah. let's say you want to block off a normal, uh, a normal um, choke point or something like that entirely, or you want to extend mm -hmm. out a building a little bit and make it slightly different. A wall is a good way to kind of modify it, shape your battlefield into more interesting, different kind of ways, right? Yeah, so I think, I think they're another major element to that all tables need. Even though you don't see them that much in reality, they just seem to work really well on the wargaming table and yeah. in terms of just being effective for this, the space they take up in storing. Yeah, like, like they're an easy way to, like I said, shape, shape, shape your battlefield a little bit more to make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess going back to the buildings and the hills, like those actually add the extra layer you can play on. Mm, verticality, like I think we talked about, that's the one we talked about in the previous podcast. Yeah, we yeah. talked about verticality in the previous, like those will give you that aspect to your gaming table. Mm -hmm. Whereas the walls, not so much usually, they don't usually normally have walkways along them. Yeah, that's why you think about them more as modifiers as opposed to like major terrain pieces. Yeah. All right. I have two more things that I think are, are important for mm -hmm. to, to fill out a table. Um, uh, the, 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 the other one is going one step smaller than walls or large blocking pieces. Walls can also be like, when you think about it, trees, right? On a, on a forested area, you can add like, you know, like, I, like there's extensions onto something to, to shape it a little bit different. So like, individual large trees or medium-sized trees layered next to each other can kind of create that semblance of a wall in a forest. Yeah. Uh, and then, but the final one is uh, scatter terrain. Well, the second final one, I have one more for that, but like in general, scatter terrain, I think is deceptively important for terrain tables uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, again, like the walls modify the general terrain, like scattered terrain is a slight tweaks and modifications on top of that to make things a little more interesting. So a scattered terrain on, on, a, on a table might be like a car, right, on a road, or a uh, bunch of garbage cans or a dumpster or rubble, right? Those kind of things. Yeah, post-apocalyptic. Yeah, or in fantasy, it might be a cart, right? Or a bunch of uh, boxes, uh, sort of crates stacked on top of each other or, or treasure piles or something like that. Um, those are the kind of scatter. And, um, and they help add one more level of minor uh, tactical detail, right? So it allows, let's say, your unit or a small hero to hide, to, to get one step further in the middle of a road to where it doesn't necessarily make sense to have a wall or a building where someone can hide behind that one thing, right? And these kind of small things at a, at a, a minor, like another level of tactical depth to the table. Uh, and the other important thing is that the scattered terrain really makes, helps make the table feel lived in. Yes, it does. Cause I've had my, the first things I built for my tables were all the big elements, the walls and the buildings, cause you can't use the table at all without them. So I found once you got, once I started getting like all the chimneys for the buildings, so getting garbage containers, dumpsters, all that to fit around the more modern sci-fi table. Yeah. The table actually has a lot more life to it, like benches, things like yeah. that. They bring the liveliness to the table. It makes it look like... Yeah, because it makes it feel more lived in, right? Like it's not everything is permanent pieces everywhere, mm -hmm. right? That, are, that, that look like, I don't know, what you would see in a museum or like an architectural like UNESCO site, right? 
mm-hmm. to really feel lived in, you need those things like the garbage can, right? The, that's the thing that means like, oh yeah, someone, you know, this is a battlefield worth fighting over because people live here, right? They even throw out their garbage. Look right there, right? Oh, mm-hmm. there are these cars where obviously everyone ran away because there was a gunfight that started <laughs> and left these cars on this field, right? It's weird when you have a roadway with no cars or trucks. Yeah, so all those things we're pretty much talking about are modern, which I, I guess they're kind, of, yeah, they're kind of the last things you acquire in your train collection, but a lot of people I find skip over them because like, you can play on the battlefield without them, yeah. owning them so much better, and they don't take up that much space. Yep, you can Why literally not? throw them in a building. Yeah, you pack it away. exactly. So there are those. So with yeah, fantasy, like there's a lot of really good pre-made stuff out there. You can buy big yeah. boxes of it from like yeah. Whiz Kids, or I'm trying to remember the other ones. Mantic. They're really popular. Mantic. Mantic, yes, Mantic has their terrain crates for fantasy that are great. Yeah, which I may get around to acquiring soon. Yeah, they're like carts, small walls, just like animals. I don't know a whole bunch of different stuff. There's like everything. Yeah, yeah. and for sci-fi with like it's probably because infinity became more popular that there's tons of really good resin pieces out there yeah for like cola or like vending machines <laughs> yeah that's what build, i was like little, yeah, billboards billboards a very popular one yeah because they you can they sell yeah. they sell the theme of the environment because you just put a poster of what the environment is and it really does yeah it you can actually back. yep go for it it interacts, it interacts really well like it's basically like a small wall so it's the highest, yep. like it gives partial cover to things when you've got those rules. Mm-hmm. And, and I do feel like one thing you can do to double up uh, modern and sci- sci-fi, like what do you call it? Um, cyberpunk sci-fi or, or, or utopian uh, is you have a relatively modern looking city, like the table you have, and then literally put in elements that are, like sci-fi like advanced so if you put in if you have a modern city and then you put in like sci-fi gribbly antennas and also sci-fi billboards and signs like sci-fi sell cars yeah yeah exactly like scattered terrain basically all you need to do is take a modern city and then add on top of it uh science fiction scattered terrain and it really can sell the future look because when we think about it now like like we said we're where 1920s can fit into modern day right because people still live in some the of buildings those buildings are still hundred years old and they're still there yeah, yeah. maybe not 1920s but definitely 1950s right the same way you can take a modern setting and then push it up 100 years or 200 years by taking those buildings and saying well they still use that aesthetic and then adding that scattered terrain to show that Actually, even though they have, they're living in the same buildings, all of the technology has advanced, right? At one extra level. So don't so undersell that scattered terrain, yeah. Like you have different, like you have different vending machine styles or you have different, yeah, as you said, the billboard styles will change vastly, but they're not huge elements you have to switch out. Yep, and then you can, make, you can have one board that is both modern and, and science fiction. And like with um, sci-fi, you can buy all those acrylic things and add them around because they make there's lots of nice small acrylic pieces yeah totally there yeah so it's i i think it's a 
good way to go about it. And with 40k, literally you just scatter rubble and 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 bits, broken yeah. down broken down machines or whatever, that kind of thing. You can make a scattered terrain. I think they sell scattered terrain, but it's not quite as popular. I guess it's because it's so easy to make scattered terrain for 40k. Just make destroyed stuff using your bits. Pipes, rubble piles, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can work. I was originally going to say that it's harder to get modern stuff, but I think that's more the perspective of a war gamer. Mm. If you go and look through the model builder's catalogs, yeah, and you're willing to pay for shipping, because often they won't keep, no one can keep all the stock of these small things in stores. Mm-hmm. But if you look through online model supply places, yeah, but there are like lots of good one to forty. If you're playing like with 28, 28 millimeter models, they're going and looking for the one to forty-eight scale stuff. There's only so many models. I, I feel like that might be the problem because one to forty-eight is a is, is kind of big, and so depending on what you're buying, it it, it can look fine, right? It can work, uh, yeah. but if you're talking about something that directly scales to human size, uh, it can be a problem. Like a one to forty-eight, I don't know. I guess it's fine with windows, doors, depending on something with your park bench. But if it's like a, I don't know, a, a mailbox, mm-hmm. it'll look fucking giant right yeah right so there's certain times where like you can't do it right yeah although it's also probably because the popularity of modern war games is just not as popular so there's just not as much stuff for it yeah yeah i think i had to go to armor cast to get like dumpsters Mm. and a few other like more modern elements to add to my my buildings there aren't too many makers out there. Yeah, or, or yeah. But Mantic has their city stuff, which does come with some road signs and all that. If you buy the Mantic mm. modern buildings. And they may yeah, sell that Mantic, part separately. basically, they, were, they had that um, Walking Dead game. But I mm-hmm. think, I, I don't know how long they're planning on supporting it, right? Like, they kind of pushed out all the, the stuff. And so if you bought it, you bought it. But I don't, I'm not sure if, that all out war game is meant to be supported indefinitely or if it's like, you know, like, like any kind of board game, you create it, you, you sell it for a while. And then as the sales dwindle, you move on. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. I think they branded this stuff under their war zone terrain. So, okay. So maybe they're maybe still selling it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair so enough. All the red plastic stuff. Some of the kids come with scatter terrain, which is the right size. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess my final piece of terrain that I wanted to mention, type of terrain, is uh, the centerpiece. Oh, I was I was going to mention something else. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. To me, uh, the centerpiece is is kind of like your building terrain, but oftentimes when you think about um, building your table. It's this like beautiful, like in general, it's the kind of thing, just like, just like when you're building your uh, army, you might have one or two heroes or, or, or vehicles that are the centerpiece of your army that draws people's eyes. On your table, you often want to make it like really nice looking and pretty and have like the main place, let's say you're, you want your, your, your characters to fight over, you can put a centerpiece there to really draw people's eyes and make it really pop. And so yeah. it might be like a giant statue or it might be just a really nice, extra nice looking building that's like multi-stories, right? It has stairs and all that on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but this is something that I think if you want to have more than just like a functional table and you want to make it like look really beautiful, I think you, you should think about what piece of terrain is going to be your centerpiece, right? And how that's going to work on the battlefield and where that's going to be. I think a lot of people that fall into the trap of trying to create those large pieces of terrain and that's all they build for the table. So now you're stuck with these couple big fixed pieces, which don't really fill on the board. And often yeah. you feel like you're playing on the same board layout because you just have these same big things that mm -hmm. get in the way. Yeah. And they're also incredibly hard to store. Yeah, so, that's one of the problems with the centerpiece. Yeah, I, I feel centerpiece. like that's definitely a thing that you got to think about. Like when I say centerpiece, there should be one. <laughs> like you said, yes, agreed. people try to make every single piece they make a centerpiece and it just is not workable in terms of terrain. You need those support structures. Those, so you have your centerpiece, then you have your buildings or your, your larger pieces, then you have your uh, walls, which are smaller, and then you have your smallest piece that can kind of go everywhere. It's your scatter. It's kind yeah, of I think you want to have enough terrain that you don't have to play with the centerpiece either. Yeah, uh, that's true. Something special you can bring out. Yeah, on the special occasion when it's the climax of the battle and they're fighting at, I don't know, let's say it's, it's the gates or at the center of the, of the city or, or something like that. Yeah, so don't go building your centerpiece first is my suggestion. Yeah, that's, that's, a lot of people yeah. burn themselves out doing that. That's true. That's the table. And all they have is their centerpiece. That's true. Yeah, and no one will play with them. Anyway, <laughs> but... Well, they just don't have a battlefield to play on, even if they have people who can play. Yeah. So some of the terrain that only really fits, it's more a fantasy thing, but like one of the other types of terrain is like water or flat, mm -hmm. flat things, mm -hmm. like rough ground, things that affect movement, but don't really affect line of sight at all. So as I said, water and rough mm -hmm. terrain, which yep. seems more like a fantasy thing, but usually when you're talking about modern, people are fighting over like accessible areas, not mm -hmm. the middle of nowhere. So modern and sci-fi, you don't so much expect to have those types of terrain, but fantasy, you really do. You kind of want to have those sorts of things. Yeah. I think it's a lot of it is like, like you said, it's just practically speaking, you think about modern wars and, and extrapolate to the future. Generally, we are fighting over cities because those are the most you know, important kind of uh, things. And also crossing rivers for modern armies is not a big, as big of a deal because we have airplanes and shit. And yeah, in modern day, we put our water inside of pipes. We don't have to live beside the river to get the water anymore. Yes, yes that's right. Whereas, uh, yeah, rivers and, and things and, and old-style warfare played a, a huge role in where battles happened, uh, and, and especially with you know, larger armies, you know. It, it just was a more important thing. And like you said, it was just rivers are, are just harder to traverse i guess and more important for these battles yeah yeah you think about historical battles occurring around yeah. rivers and things like that whereas modern yeah, battles in general are, towns yeah come are generally placed next to a river anyways so yep. although it's still true in modern day but <laughs> but the cities end up being much bigger so you're not necessarily next to it when you, when you fight it's built back further from the water yeah because of modern technology so you were going towards something else before i brought up those two flat types of terrain no i'm talking about centerpiece no. that's it oh, those are all, all okay. the pieces yeah yep yeah well, that's that was one of the points i was thinking before is just people build too many large pieces 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we talked in the middle of all that about like what different materials can go into it. So we sort of discussed that as we were going along. Mm-hmm. In terms of durability, I find a lot of people will build not durable terrain. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, to me, I feel like you have in some ways it's like an oversimplification, but it's like when you're building, you're making your terrain, you can have cheap, you can have sturdy and you can have beautiful and you choose two out of the three. Yeah. I was going to so, go with price. <laughs> I was gonna well, go cheap, them. right? That's the price. Oh, no, right? sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's to me is basically how you kind of class you you got to think about it um and oftentimes when you start out playing you want to you know you're you're concentrating on your armies because you don't have that many armies and that's the thing that like to be fair everyone is is enraptured by wargaming because of the models first right and so you're going to be spending all your time painting your models and getting through that you don't want to have to spend a lot of time on the terrain. That's just another thing that you have to do to, to, to get through the game. And so I feel like you kind of want to not even worry about all three of those, uh, getting two out of the three, like cheap, sturdy, beautiful. Uh, in general, I feel like sturdy, you don't even ne- like necessarily need because you know when you're You're starting out you have to yeah and you don't even necessarily really know how to make something that's going to be really nice anyway so you might to me it it makes a lot more sense to just use to build cheap cheap uh functional basically just use cheap and just part of getting part of getting beautiful as well it takes time to get beautiful like you don't you don't usually get beautiful either you buy it and it's expensive but you've got to paint it well for it to be beautiful as well so it takes time to get beautiful. So if you basically skip out on the, the beautiful time aspect and the, yeah, if you skip the time aspect, then you can get a train on the board quickly. Yeah. And, and I would say it, not even, can, yep. Sorry. Once you've got it, you can like get to work on like replacing things with nicer pieces. Yeah. That's exactly what I was saying. Right. As, if you get like just cheap things that you can throw on the table uh, quickly, as they get destroyed, you can replace them with nicer pieces, right? Like when we started Infinity, um, I built a bunch of quick uh, uh, foam core buildings. Uh, and I basically did that over like a couple nights, right? It wasn't like super or whatever. Like I did spend a little more time at painting them and everything like that. But literally, if it were, if you wanted to do it as quick as possible, to me, that is the fastest way to get a battlefield ready. Right. Like if we're talking about, let's say you're brand new, right. You're coming into the game space and you're like, man, I need this table. Right. All of, all of, we, all of uh, my friends and I bought these armies, but we need that terrain. You got to put it up quickly. Go buy some either. If you're, if you know, if you're loaded or you got the money, go out and buy some easy to assemble terrain and just assemble it and spray yeah, it quickly. Go, go pay the money for MDF. Yeah. Zenithal it which is mm-hmm. painted black and then spray it white on top and literally just use that. Or you could go buy the army painter primer in different colors and then yeah. Zenith over that. Yeah. Or once you do that, you can like, honestly, after you Zenith, or you it, just go to the hardware store and buy primer in different colors too. You don't have to go yeah. to the gamer route. Yeah. You, yeah. You can like, to me, if you, if you use whatever kind of army painter as, as your base color, some deep color, Zenith all it white or a brighter color, 
and then edge highlight it. Yep. So you just take your brush and you, 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 you don't have too much paint on. You just edge highlight everything, the, 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 your terrain, if they're buildings. They'll look fine. They'll look great, honestly. And the, the only problem with that is that uh, that's often really expensive. And if you, do, if you don't put too much effort into it, you can actually, when you have time, right, if you, if you just do like your, your, your basic Xenothal um, with edge highlighting, you can actually, when you get better at, at painting, come back and finish the buildings. Yeah, when you have more time, you basically just put primer on it, so you you've done the first step. Yeah. So you haven't wasted any yep. time, really. And it looks decent. And like I said, don't don't even bother bother with the shading besides the zenithal. Just do the edge highlighting, and it'll look it'll look pretty good, honestly. Yep. Same thing, I guess, with forty k. You can buy the terrain. Not don't pick up the details. Just sort of you spray prime it in the basic color you want, and zenith it from above. Maybe apply a wash. Yep. And, and yeah, so it's got, um, more, it's got yeah. more detail to it, so you can wash it. Whereas the MDF stuff, yeah. washing it doesn't do too much. Yeah, and by Xenothal, we just mean like you you spray everything uh, one color first, a darker color, and then use a lighter color, generally white, or or you can use like a very light shade of whatever your base color is, and then you just spray it lightly from above, so then it looks like the sunlight is hitting the top, right? Uh, and it's brighter on the top where the sun hits it, or whatever your 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 light sources, which is generally the sun. Uh, and so it ends up looking looking fine just that way, right? And of course- yeah, that's how my, that's yeah. how my modern train basically is like all the sort of concrete elements mm -hmm. are just like sprayed a khaki color, then sprayed white from above and washed. Mm -hmm. And only the like bricks and things like that are picked out. Yep. So that works like super good. Doesn't spend like that's minimal time to get it on the table. Uh, now, if you are, let's say, you are less uh, monetarily inclined, whether you don't want to spend that much money or you don't have it. Um, I would recommend doing going a similar route, but making your terrain out of, um, I, I know like when we started, we used a lot of styrofoam, packing styrofoam, but I, I, I feel That's like- the wrong kind of styrofoam. Yeah, it's the wrong kind of styrofoam and it doesn't last <clears throat> and it, 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 there's only so much you can do with it. Um, for cheapness, uh, like for the absolute beginner, just use the foam core. Foam core. Um, you can buy it at a craft store or an art store. It's literally like large sheets of uh, like uh, styrofoam uh, with paper on both sides to, to keep them flat. And it's generally used for like art projects and, and backing for boards and stuff like that. Uh, you take one of those and you can kind of just cut them into squares or squares or rectangles, right? Yeah, it cuts, it cuts well with just a knife and a ruler. Yeah, it's very easy to cut with just a knife. Use a ruler, just cut a whole bunch of squares, uh, and then uh, you, you can glue them together using, uh, like literally using, uh, what do you call it? Just Stick glue. glue, white glue, and then if you need to seal it, you just take paper and wrap it around so that the paper glues to the paper and you can stick them together um, and then to make extra, to make kind of a, a little bit of gribbly, right? To, to make things interesting, take hard stock cardboard, like literally you can take a cereal box and then cut strips off of them to put onto it. Uh, let's say you have a paneling on the top or a paneling on the bottom of the building, right? To make it look like it has a lip. Yeah, you can make windows out of it too. Yep, you can totally do that. Yeah, you can cut cut a hole and then, and then 
cut a, a cardboard thing just to, to raise it ever so slightly, right? Uh, and you can use that. And then you, once you're done, again, um, for that, you can't use uh, spray paint because it'll melt the foam in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. So you generally take a giant brush, get some craft paint, and just paint everything, right? And then, again, same kind of thing, right? Yeah, I think the other material you want is basically you want some styrofoam as well to make things that aren't flat. Like if you want to make bits of like broken rocks, you just start cutting apart the styrofoam. Like you want to use the the blue or the pink styrofoam. The, uh, the that, that, to me, that's like one level up though, right? Because blue okay, and pink so. styrofoam, you can like if you go and look go online, you can find some beautiful buildings made by um, like tutorials using blue or pink styrofoam. I think Black Magic Craft is like a very popular site for D&D terrain, but that's exactly yes. the same kind of thing, right? The, the only problem with that is like, to me, that you're, you're kind of, once you start using the blue and pink stuff, um, you're, you're still in the cheap territory, but now you're going into the, the time. The time sink, exactly. The time sink. Mm -hmm. That's why I would do like the, the foam core stuff first, because it's very easy to work with. And it's, you know, you can get it from any kind of craft store. Mm -hmm. The pink and blue foam, I'd say, is one level up. When you, when you, if you don't have a lot of, like, again, you don't want to spend a lot of money on it, or if you just like to craft, then the best uh, piece of uh, material, to, material. Yeah. to to mm -hmm. make your terrain is the pink or blue insulation foam. I think we call it what? Pink, it's the Pink Panther black brand. What is it? Do you know what the name is? The stuff that's right oh, behind there's, you. There's lots of there's lots of brands out there. Yeah. It's, it's extruded polystyrene versus yeah. and you basically it, it's sold in sheets uh, at a hardware store you it's used mm -hmm. for basically um, wall insulation right and you can buy it in half inch or an inch I generally like the half inch panels because yeah. you can always layer them and glue them together uh, the best way to glue them together I found is wood glue is those that really so, ver so versus the white glue you find the wood glue actually works much better no, wood glue is like, generally higher higher whatever so, okay this is more of like a, an offshoot but i usually buy the higher quality like hardware store white glue uh -huh. which i find performs much better than your like dollar store craft store children's yeah. white glue anyway. yeah wood glue is like i feel like it's the same kind of thing yeah right it's just I don't know. Generally, the wood glue I find is slightly different color. I don't even know if it, it might even be the same kind of glue. It's just whatever higher stickiness count or whatever. <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing, right? And so you can glue it together, put it, and again, stack it, cut it. The great thing about the pink or blue foam is that, I think we've, we've talked about this before, is you can carve into it and create texture onto the actual thing, and you can cut it. And because it has depth, it's like half an inch. Um, you can carve in or make battle damage or, or, or all, do all sorts of kind of things uh, with that kind of uh, uh, material. So when you're trying to build a, a wall, you can literally cut lines into it and model like the bricks as opposed to, I don't know, trying to glue bricks on top of a flat surface. You basically carve the brick pattern into the uh, pink foam and then you can run like a rock or something, irregular piece to make it look a little bit more uneven all the way through. 
to give us some texture just to press some yeah. objects. Yeah, you surface. can put texture yeah. into it. So it's it's a great piece. And again, because they're flat pieces, they're really easy to assemble and stuff like that, especially if you're talking about just making a square building. Yeah. But when you want to become more drill, we've got to start coding it with various things yeah. you can learn about from the more train modeling communities. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the the thing is it's a great inner strength because it's thick and it's it's relatively sturdy, but it's easily dentable. So to make sure that it's more sturdy or stabable, like let's say you're we've mentioned this many times before, I think. If you're if you're doing this in a if you're building you're building buildings for a store or something, uh, you need to be wary of people stabbing your, your terrain and making it survive. And pink foam is easy to like stab and breakout chunks and mm -hmm. part of the like it's very easily cuttable right so part of what makes it so easy to work with also makes it very easy to damage and so you need to cover all the edges with some sort of protective layer whether it's like heavy thick cardboard or which i would not recommend because that's also easily damageable or something like plastic card right yeah yeah and, yeah, and we did mention at some point uh, we got to make some sort of tutorial about how to build the simplest, easiest to make building in the shortest amount of time. We do. We'll be able to gather together to make this thing, though. Well, like so. I, we've created buildings. It's just timing it and having all the pieces there and just doing it in one sitting. Yeah. I think one of the things, another material that you can use for like buildings, um, popsicle sticks are not popsicle sticks, stir sticks. Because popsicle sticks are a bit too thick for uh, the um, scale of, uh, of wargaming. Like when you're basically, your popsicle stick is supposed to be like wooden paneling, right? On your buildings. Yeah, and floors, all that. yeah, floors or support beams, exterior support beams uh, that you can view, uh, you can see. But a popsicle stick is way too thick. Like that's a big ass. Like if you go, it's one like miniature twenty eight millimeter miniatures are one to fifty six scale, and so a popsicle stick is a big ass. Uh, it's like ten inch wide board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So or probably more than ten inches. Uh, Maybe. So generally, I find stir sticks are great. Yep. So that's a bit of a simple parts about the materials yep i guess do you want to talk about uh, i guess uh the um i guess there's three things maybe we won't f cover them all but uh the the one of the things that i think is really important when you're building a board to make something that's essential is something that you can easily pack away so making sure all of your terrain for your table can fit in your container or two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the idea of having your battlefield in a box is uh, something that I think a lot of people, when they're, they're, you're starting out, you don't really think about. You don't have any terrain, so how to pack it away is not a big deal. But once you have a full table's worth, unless you're like leaving it out because you're a store or something like that, or you have a huge amount of space in bookcases, so you can put it up, uh, making sure all of your terrain can pack away into one or two into boxes two big bins, yeah. is because otherwise kind of it's just overflowing. It just becomes, yes, it does. Which is why I'm somewhat reluctant to make another table, but whatever, it's fine. 
Because it adds like an entire big bin, which is the size of an army, a large army, to your collection of stuff you have to store. So yeah. So how do you go about thinking about how whether it fits or not? Do you just like you kind of like <laughs> design it like uh, Tetris pieces, so you can put as much as possible into a box, but yeah. And then you, when so back going back to the thing you've already mentioned it before, when you're thinking about your scatter train, like your walls, maybe your tree pieces you mount trees on, if those things can go inside of your buildings. Because uh-huh. buildings take up so much room, if you design the rest of your pieces so that they're like nice dimensions that fit into your buildings, mm-hmm. it makes the packing so much easier and things yeah. just generally don't get crushed as much. Yeah. That thinking about that before you start planning your train project and just planning your buildings so they can fit inside of some sort of like reasonably sized plastic tote. Yeah. Sometimes people will make buildings that are slightly too big for them and really get themselves in trouble. Yeah, they have to move the stuff around that they need those giant like Rubbermaid totes. Yeah, it's a pain to it's a pain to move, especially if you don't have a car and you need to to bring your terrain to a store or your friend's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want like a, a, a reasonably sized tote, <laughs> which yes. is why in general when you build your buildings, uh, even though it's not necessarily realistic to have your buildings roughly around the same size and. Uh, and generally square or rectangular, so they sh- they fit easily into your tote, layered upon layer. Yeah, and, and have the same heights and just have them stack nicely. Yeah, even if there's necessarily just yeah, and you might still have some un- like le- levels that are not necessarily as realistic. Let's say your roofs or things like that, but um, y- you generally want to think about how you're going to pack that into your box so that you can keep your place. Uh, nice looking and you can easily pack it away and bring it to your friend's place. Yep. Very true. All right. Uh, do you have any other topics or any other thoughts about making your train like essential, essential piece? I guess we are going to essential pieces, but like any other thoughts about, let's say laying out your battlefield, how much of each piece do you think is in general needed? Oh, so I have done this many times before, so I suppose I could talk about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, Go for it. I think you want, in terms of buildings, uh-huh. five to six buildings. As like, we're talking, I'm thinking about a four by four table here. As okay. Reference and like skirmish war games where you want a fair bit of terrain going around because you're not just taking two big armies and smashing them against each other. So that's the context I'm talking about this from. But I found for all the tables I've built, having five to six buildings is okay. The uh-huh. modern table, I went higher because that's, that's simply the environment. If what you're trying to build is a city, you're going to want to go higher than that five to six buildings. Yeah. But if you want sort of a nice, like a variable table, five to six of them, mm-hmm. is like the sweet spot I found. Uh-huh. And walls, if the walls are going to be a major element of the table, you probably want the walls to span almost the whole length of the table. Like this, this seems really onerous, but when, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, you've got this battlefield pictured in your mind. Uh-huh. If you want to put that battlefield on the table, you better have the pieces to do it. And yeah. like a really common thought about a battlefield is, okay, we've got this wall, like we've got this wall on the table, yeah. either it divides the table so your force has to like go on one side or the other, or somebody's defending 
or you've yeah. got a building that's got a wall around it. Mm-hmm. And once you start surrounding things with walls, it actually takes a huge length of wall to surround like a couple buildings with. Yeah. So what I've come to the conclusion of is you want almost enough wall sections to span one side of the table to the other. So basically four feet of wall. Yes. But luckily walls are one of the easier things to build in the store. That's so. right. And you can fit them. If you make them in small panels, you can fit them in the buildings as well. One after the other, like yes. a full foot be- of more than a foot of, of wall can probably fit in one of your buildings. Yes, this only being too expensive when I decided I needed resin walls. <laughs> Super fancy <laughs> resin wall. That's true. Uh, if, you're, if you literally just are using pink foam, uh, it's actually, you just need four feet, four feet of, of your pink foam and then just cut, you know, two, two feet by two feet. Just, just drag in, like, let's say, stone texture or something like that. Or if it's sci-fi, you might just want to have one line going across just as to, to make it interesting and then you literally cut it and you're good <laughs> and that's yeah. your wall right or you give cut it some buttresses it. like some you give it some buttresses some square parts sticking out yeah so it looks just like so that helping. yeah to help it make it first of all stand stand up and then yeah. second of all just to to break up the look mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah so like that's the length of walls if you if you're going for like a nice table you want uh-huh. Um, if we're going into fantasy, I guess, for buying trees, because trees mm-hmm. more expected in the fantasy setting, but modern can make a bit of use of them as well. Mm-hmm. That having, you probably want to mount, I find it's easier to mount them on things, but having maybe four to six, like forested areas is all right. Mm-hmm. It's any more than that, you're just sort of trudging through, trudging through too much forest in the course of trying to get to battle and when you say four to six areas you don't mean four to six trees but each area has a few trees to kind of represent a forested or to make it look like a, a forested area that makes it difficult to walk across yeah it might be like a six to eight inch diameter area but cut like in some regular shape okay so four to six like so you want something like uh let's say 15 to 20 trees yeah, that should that should cover all yeah. the areas decently. And, and and you can buy like a set of trees from uh is it scenics woodland scenics that are pre-done uh that you can get like 15 trees or something like that that is kind of pricey but it does really sell uh your your uh whatever your your battlefield right like if you're if you're talking about medieval times there's going to be trees a lot everywhere right even like on surrounding towns or, or uh, on the edge of town or something like that there's going to be trees and then in modern times you're going to have trees in little planters and things like that so it's not like you can't use them for wherever you know whatever kind of table you're using except for 40k yep. so <laughs> for other yeah with other yeah. small stuff we can actually go back to the walls again the You've got your tall walls. They're more like building height walls, yeah. which is what we were talking about before, that the type of walls that you want like the whole table length yeah. of. But then when you get into more of the scatter size, having walls that are that people can like vault over top of. Like more fences like, more. Like, yeah, like exactly. uh, the ones that you have, I don't know, to keep in sheep or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Just not, not defensive walls, but just like mm-hmm. more aesthetic walls or just mm-hmm. property dividing walls if you want to go that way that you don't need quite as many of those i find as the tall walls because they're not interacting with your models as much mm-hmm. but maybe having 
20 inches worth of them total. That's still a lot. One of but by the time, <laughs> if, if you want to have like a little, like a little, have a little barnyard thing coming out from one of your buildings that has like, oh, you could tell there was like some pigs or sheep that were supposed to be in there. Think about what happens when you divide 20 by four. Mm, now, this is yeah. not a very big pen we've got anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So and you, to be fair, they're not even that hard to make your, yourself again with stir sticks and stuff like that. You can kind of make your, 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 your fences. Mm -hmm. uh, to be fair, like stir stick fences are not going to look as nice, but. Nope. It'll look okay. Yeah, if you want something that's quick to do, cheap, that yep. you can do. So I find the short walls are also something that, like, you in fantasy, you're, or sorry, in sci fi, you're probably not going to want to build them. Because uh, they're just going to be, the level of complication is going to be much higher. Maybe you want like, mm -hmm. some acrylic elements to them. You might so want to put in, like, vehicles as your scatter terrain instead. Yeah, at that point, you're probably purchasing the stuff to make it rather than homebrewing it. Mm -hmm. So there's those types of walls as well. And anything else you can... The scatter terrain is pretty much... I'm trying to think of how many little pieces you want like in, in terms of a per square foot basis. I'm thinking you want, like... Like three one pieces. Two pieces. What? Yeah, like three pieces, I would say. Per square foot? Oh, not per square foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one to two. I would yeah, exactly. say over your entire table, you only need like 10 pieces or so, depending on your table, 10 to 20. The thing with scatter is that you can put a lot more scatter if you have it, but you don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I'd say something like 10 pieces is fine. Yeah, but you can go as high as, as if you're thinking of, a, thinking of it on a square footage basis, Mm -hmm. There'd be nothing wrong with having two pieces of little scatter terrain per square foot. Yeah, so uh, that's what, 32 pieces? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's right. So it's not so, going that high. Yeah, and, and, and so I guess to us that like this is, if you want to have like a fully whatever kind of terrain, of course when you're starting out, you don't need all of that terrain, right? You want to start, like we said, with the buildings, then the walls, and the scatter, right? And then finally, I guess, your, your centerpiece. So you don't, like, get the terrain that you have, put it on, and play with it, right? Uh, and as you kind of add on to it, you'll, you'll get closer and closer to the numbers that we talk about. Yep. All right. Well, I think we went over lots of different like, ideals behind building terrain. Yeah, I think so. Um, and and the, the different types. Um, keeping things uh, flexible. Uh, yeah. Anything else you, you want to talk about with uh, just the general essentials for terrain at your table? No, I think we'll, we'll have another podcast episode as you talked about with like actual building of the, the terrain that goes more into the materials that go into it. This one, we're just more going into the elements yeah. and how, how the setting influences how you're going to go about building them. So. We'll be back to the topic. Yeah, there's like, we definitely spend a lot of time building terrain, so we have a lot of stuff we can talk about. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, if you have any kind of terrain questions for us, you can uh, hit us up uh, on uh, Facebook. Uh, or if you have terrain you want to show us or you want to see our terrain, you're like, yeah, come and talk to us. Yeah, maybe we'll put some posts up of that. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, this is being Alan. It's Brandon. All right, one more thing. So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at DiceOverEverything.com or uh, on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment, message, or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us, or just get in touch with us at Facebook and look for Dice Over Everything there. All right. Bye. <laughs>